Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Well, howdy, folks. It's me, Larry the Watcher. Now, the last time we talked, I described time and space as a bunch of spaghetti noodles that had been strewn all about the floor in a haphazard manner so that they go every which way and overlap and all that stuff. Well, the boss didn't quite like that. And after having me into his office for a few choice words, I've been given the option to come back and correct my error or he'd be forced to free up my future. Now, I made the argument that both time and space, well, it's all relative, and that the individual can choose for themselves how to define it. Of course, he argued that my career as a watcher, well, it was already on thin ice. I mean, what happened was that I'd failed to watch the great sand slug migration of 04 on Curlon 6, which I have heard is quite the spectacle to behold, but... Well, my power had gone out the night before, and so my alarm didn't go off, and I, well, I slept through the whole thing. So, here I am, towing the company line for fear of entering into the job market, and, well, you can trust me, it ain't easy for a being like me with a head like mine and the ability to see all. It's not easy for somebody like me to find a career in times like these. So, of course, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to read you the company line. I mean, I don't want to. Let's make that perfectly crystal, 100% clear right here and now. I don't want to do this, but it ain't like I got a choice. I mean, I got a wife and all them baby watchers at home. I got to feed them, got to put clothes on them, got to pay the rent, got to pay utilities and all that stuff. So, well, here I go. Time, space, reality. It's a prism of endless possibilities where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities, creating alternate worlds from the one you know. Follow me and ponder the question, whatever. I mean, what if? What if? Hello and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and I'm back once again to talk about the Disney Plus show, What If. This time it's episodes four through six, but like last time, I'm joined by Harold C. Janet Third. Before we get started, however, I wanted to take a moment and formally invite each and every one of you to join me over at the Patreon, where if you're a member, you will have instant access to the other podcast I do, a show I call My Other Podcast. And it's something that I release once a week, 
and it's only available to my patrons. I have over 200 episodes available over there where I'm talking about a variety of subjects such as comics, TV, music, and my own personal fears and issues when it comes to creating podcasts and making decisions and all that fun stuff. And guess what? It's all there waiting for you and you can access it for just a dollar a month. Other shows want you to pay five, 10, even $15 a month for content like this. And I'm practically giving it away. Why? Because I'm insane. Did you like that? That was a, that was almost a commercial there. Anyway, come and join all the fun at patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr and join the Just Another Fan Club now. All right, that's it. That's my plug. That's my commercial. That's your moment of commerce. And with that out of the way, here's Harold and I talking about What If, episodes four, five, and six, as well as all kinds of other stuff. Enjoy. So, uh, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to officially start this. You ready? Here, here goes, here goes, here we go, here we go, here we go. So how you doing, Harold? Did you like that? That was me <laughs> officially starting. Wow. Usually I have to be quiet and hide until you've done the whole introduction. No, I, notice I haven't interrupted your introduction in a while. I've, I'm being a good, a good guest. Well, I do all, I do the whole introduction thing alone now. Okay. So I can't. Okay. That's right. You taught me not to. Well, and uh, I don't know if you ever, if, well, I did a video with um, Frank from Half Hour Wasted. Yeah, I, I'm familiar. And as I was introducing him, he got out an electric razor and started shaving his face. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's even better than mine. And then so Brad, and then I did a video with Brad a few weeks later, and he tried to one-up him by actually lathering his face with uh shaving cream and trying to shave with a razor and it didn't it didn't work out at all oh how do you one up that i think i would have to like yeah. start taking my clothes off and sponge give oh, myself boy. a sponge bath <laughs> oh boy oh boy oh boy okay so we are here oh yeah, that's right talk. we're recording yeah we're recording now i don't know how much of that i'm gonna actually use maybe i'll stick it at the end i like to stick little fun stuff at the end little easter eggs for people because i like to pretend that i'm clever but we're going to talk about some more what if episodes four five and six what if we talked about what if whoa yeah okay i'm my mind is blown no don't 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 patronize me like that i apologize for my patronage patronage is different so this is where you plug your patreon patreon.com slash steven r or just a dollar a month and you get stuff that was I wrote that. that. That's yeah. that's that's what we in the business call improv. If you're listening to this, we're nodding our heads in unison. Is unison oh, the nice correct word listen. when there's no vo- when there's no sound? So you, when you edit this, every time we do a visual thing, you just need to like put in like their face. This is where we're nodding our heads. <laughs> Harold and Stephen are nodding their heads together at the yeah. same time. Yep. There you go. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, what if episodes four, five, and six now? All right. That's what we thought. Let's wrap (laughs) up the, wrap up this episode and eat some cake. More improv there for you. There's cake. No. Darn it. No, I can't eat cake, man. Why? Trying to lose the weight. Me too. I'm off sugar actually right now. Off added sugar. 
I'm not off sugar. I'm just trying not to add more sugar to my, I'm trying to keep anyway. certain things away anyway. So yeah. What if episodes four through six, um, if y'all have been listening for a while, you know, that Harold and I got together and talked about episodes one through three, look for that episode. The single most popular episode of season five thus far, and it's moved up the ranks to it's in the top 50 now of all my episodes. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah, I have that draw, even though you do. I haven't been on anywhere in like a I have no no internet presence for like the last year and a half. So many people miss that so much. Yeah, that's they're like, holy crap, Harold's on the internet again. And then sound of stampeding feet. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so I'm gonna assume based on your 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 long raspberry that <laughs> if we're speaking in general about these three episodes, you didn't care for them too much. I wouldn't say that. I'm exaggerating quite a bit. I mean, for me, there. it was. I can give you an overall right now. That the, okay, I'll just say this: the ending of the of the last two. That's where most of my raspberry comes from. Because really, it's like, oh, so this is a two parter without a second part. Because well, we don't. Like, we don't know that. They, I'm, they, they have announced that there's going to be a season two. I, I would like to think that season two is just not part two episodes of all the part ones. Actually, they, they said that the first five episodes are all getting sequels in season two. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well. And please just give me a complete story. And both of them, those last two, just I'm waiting. I'm like, the credits came up. I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah. Just five. Could you? Okay. We'll get there. We'll I mean. Get there. I know we talked last time about reading the books and I didn't read a lot of what if, but I feel like there were some what if stories that I read that ended kind of similarly. I can't say that word. And uh, where it's like, basically they, they give you this story. They give you this, you know, this is, this is what happens because of the what if, but then as the story ends, it's like, this is the new world that has come about because of this. And it's very obvious that there's going to be a lot of, big stories that could still be told in this world. But, but, you know, I I will tell you that my thoughts on the three episodes, I didn't like one really liked one and one. I just kind of thought, eh, it's all right. Okay. So let's just, I'll tell you what, let's talk about the episodes individually. Um, and I'm still doing that thing where I don't read the title and I don't look at the credits just so I can be surprised. Like I, I kind of want to just see what starts happening and, not know yeah. what that episode's about. Yeah, I, same thing. I haven't been. I've been trying to avoid stuff online, just so I could kind of be surprised when the episode starts about what the uh, what the what if is. But episode four from September first of two thousand twenty-one. I don't need to say the year. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands after losing his girlfriend, Doctor Christine Palmer, in a car crash? Dr. Stephen Strange travels to Carmitage and learns the mystic arts. He discovers the Eye of Agamotto, which can manipulate time, but is warned by the Ancient One and Wong that doing so could destroy reality. Two years later, Strange repeatedly attempts to use the Eye to save Palmer, but she still dies in every scenario. The Ancient One tells Strange that Palmer's death is an absolute point in the timeline that cannot be undone. But Strange refuses to listen. Using the power of the dark dimension, 
the ancient ones split strange into two alternate versions. One strange accepts Palmer's death while the other discovers how to gain power by absorbing mystical beings, becoming strange supreme. The evil version overpowers the good strange, absorbs him, and uses his power to resurrect Palmer, tearing reality apart. Strange Supreme begs the Watcher for help, but he refuses to intervene. Palmer disintegrates, and the universe collapses, leaving Strange Supreme to grieve alone. So yeah, this is the one that I was just like, yeah, I didn't like this one at all. At all. I guess okay. the what if, the change, and I didn't even, it didn't even hit me until I watched a video about it, but there is a moment in the Doctor Strange movie near the beginning when he asks Christine to go to this event with him, and she says okay. no. So the the change in this universe is that she says yes. The problem I had with it is that at that point in the movie, you get no sense whatsoever that he has well that he has actual true feelings for her. That, you know, I understand somebody, you know, it's like, I'm going to ask this girl to go to this thing with me. There's a car crash. She dies. I can understand somebody being upset, but it's, I don't know. It's like, they're trying to get us to believe that. And at that moment that she dies, it's, that's when he realizes, oh my gosh, this is the love of my life. And now I have to move heaven and earth to bring her back. And that's, that's the whole part of this episode that I just didn't buy at all because I didn't get that he had any real feelings for her in the movie until he became, you know, a different person until he learned to love himself. It was a can't love anyone else until you love yourself. That's right. That's my horrible Dr. Phil impression. It was spot off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I actually, I actually liked the episode. I think the main thing I liked about it was that, the end was so dark. I'm like, now nah, this is a what if ending. This yeah. is a what if. Just nope. They're all dead, and he's just by himself forever. Welcome to what if. Um, what I didn't like is, uh, I didn't like that she split him into two people. Um, it yeah. was weird, and it just. I wanted to see him fight all of the, all the other people in the universe. I wanted to see the Avengers try to stop him. I wanted to see everyone. No one else even showed up. Yeah. And how is that not going to happen? Yeah, I wanted to see him destroy the Avengers and everyone and just, I didn't like the split up thing. Um, but I did, I did like how he kept trying to, to over and over, kept trying to save her and it just didn't happen. I didn't really think about what you said until just now. Like, I hadn't seen the movie in a while, so I kind of assumed that he had that much lo- love for her. But um, yeah, I can see that being an issue that eh, didn't like her that much to let the universe end. It just didn't seem very realistic. But um, overall, I actually... I actually liked it. I really liked the fight sequence towards the end too. I thought that was really well done. As usual, I thought the animation was great. Yeah, the animation was great. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I don't know whoever voiced his love interest. I forget the love interest name. I don't know if that was the original actress, but I kind of didn't like her voice because she kind of did that creaky thing where it just, I don't know, anytime. And that's just a weird Harold thing. Anytime someone talks like that, it just, I just, want them to never be on the show again or ever do voice acting again. But that's just me. I don't believe it was the same actress from uh, the movie. I'm, I'm pulling up the cast info right now. Oh, they're just giving me the cast for Dr. Strange. That's not 
But well, I did it like it. It says it was Rachel McAdams, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that it wasn't her. Hmm. But um, and I was wondering if that was how do you say Crumber Benedict Crumber Bun Bach. I was wondering if that was actually him, and it was, but it didn't sound like him to me for some reason. I don't know why. I thought, oh, they found someone that sounds really close to him. Like, oh, that was him. Uh, That's kind of like with uh, the dude that played the collector. Yeah. In the second episode, I could have sworn that wasn't him, and turns out it was. Yeah. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, played Doctor Strange, of course. Rachel McAdams, who um, was Christine Palmer in the movie. She does the voice. Tilda Swinton came back for the voice of the Ancient One. Uh, Did she? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's pretty interesting stuff, man. Yeah. And then so Benedict a Wong. A little, little bit of a different... Yeah, Benedict Wong was definitely... That was definitely... Yeah. Definitely, definitely him. That's cool. So... I forgot what I was going to say. Um, yeah, so basically the the premise of the movie is is that he he gets in the car crash, he ruins his hands, and because he is a completely selfish person and uh, just his whole life revolves around what he does, uh, he moves heaven and earth to try to get his, his hands back. And, you know, travels to the four corners of the globe and learns magic. And it's a, during that that he realizes that there are more important things in the world, more important things than him. And his life takes a different path. But then in this episode, when she dies, it's like that transformation happened at that point. Her dying was like what is what made him... I guess decide that there are more important things than me in this life. I guess I did actually really love her and I'm going to travel the, the world and go to the four corners of the earth, to try to find out how to bring her back. I just, I don't know. I found it. Maybe it's because I have no love in my life. No, it's not true. <laughs> no, that's a joke. Everybody knows that's a joke. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I just had a hard time with that one aspect. I thought a lot of the rest of the episode was a lot of fun. Um, I agree with you, though. I didn't even think about that. The potential of other characters, him and you know, yeah, he's. They they spent all this time with him, quote unquote, battling other mystic figures to absorb their energy. And it was just such a quick sequence, one after the other, one after the other. And I would have liked to have seen him go up against some of the characters, some of the mystical, you know, magical characters from the DCU. But yeah, I guess not the since DC, well, DCU, but yeah, really cool. that would have been more fun. Wow, Batman. <laughs> Actually, Superman wouldn't last very long because he can't handle magic. I'm sorry. I'm my second monster. It's just it's gone to my head. Okay. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I felt like when he was going through all those monsters, I started, started to feel like Pokemon. Right? <laughs> I choose you, demon. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them yeah. all. Because they started looking yeah. like Pokemon. I was like, okay. Yeah. Now, Strange Supreme is a thing, though, right? Wasn't he called that at one point in the comics? I feel like that's a that's an actual... No, I well, I'll... It's my turn to do the Google. You, you keep talking. I'm going to look up Strange Supreme. All right, you look up Strange Supreme. 
But um, <laughs> it's it's the mystery uh, menu item at Taco Bell. Oh, really? No, no, I made that. No, up. okay, that's funny. It's pretty good though. Um, <laughs> see, that's improv. Why is Riddler on this page? Oh, it's saying that there's a spoiler. Okay, whatever. This web page uses Riddler whenever there's a spoiler. Whatever. No. Uh, it's really only showing the What If episode. That might be. Yeah, so it must not be from the comics. Or they this didn't... is a horrible website and they don't know what they're talking about. Well, they did. I know that they didn't mention it in uh, any of the videos. Well, the video that I watched about it when they point out all the easter eggs from the episode so i would assume that if it had ties to the comics they would have mentioned it there yeah the only ties i, just, I see is uh is it's i just see for it for what if the animated series yeah all right i it just felt very similar for some very uh not similar familiar for some reason mm-hmm. when I read that's that. the word you nailed it so okay so let's just let me ask this before we move on to the next one First, a man and a woman fall in love. Of the three episodes, four, five, and six, where would you put this? One, two, or three? One being two. the best. Two? Two. Maybe one. No, two. See, for me, it's, for me, it's number three. Okay. I was gathering that from, from how, yeah. It sounds like you, this was your very least favorite. Yeah. All right, All let's right. do uh, episode five from September 8th. This was called What If Zombies? I knew this one was coming. I forgot. I happily forgot, though. I thought, <coughs> I thought this one, I kind of knew that the most recent one with Killmonger, I knew that was mm-hmm. another one that was coming up. I thought that was this one for some reason. Because yeah. um, when Tony showed up, the Iron Man thing showed up, I thought it was Killmonger in the Iron Man suit for some reason. I was like, oh. And then there was a zombie like, oh, good. It's this one. Anyway. Go ahead. Yeah, I knew I knew this one was coming up. So Hank Pym, I'm going to start that over. Hank Pym finds Janet Van Dyne in the quantum realm, and she infects him with a quantum virus. They return to Earth and cause a zombie apocalypse. Two weeks later, a group of survivors, Bruce Banner, Hope Van Dyne, Peter Parker, the Cloak of Levitation, Bucky Barnes, Okoye, Sharon Carter, Happy Hogan, and Kurt... Learn there is a potential cure at a camp. They lose Hogan, Carter, and Hope to zombie attacks on the way there, where they meet Vision. His Mind Stone can reverse the virus, exemplified by a cured Scott Lang's head kept alive in a jar. But an infected Wanda Maximoff is immune to the cure, and Vision has been feeding pieces of T'Challa to her. Maximoff breaks free and kills Kurt, Okoye, and Barnes. Vision commits suicide to give the Mind Stone to Parker. Banner transforms into the Hulk and battles Maximoff, allowing the others to escape. To broadcast the Mind Stone's energy across the planet, Parker, Lang, T'Challa, and the Cloak go to Wakanda. Meanwhile, a zombified Thanos wields a nearly complete Infinity Gauntlet. Thoughts? I didn't get that very last scene with Thanos. Before I say anything else about the episode, I was kind of, I didn't, I, I was like, what's that about? Why did they, was he a zombie? Yeah. He was zombified, right? Yep. So they, they said something like they, they saved their world only to put the unit. I forget what the last line was. All I know is I was really confused by that last scene. Well, I think so, if I remember correctly, Thanos is in Wakanda. 
So they're rushing to Wakanda with that last Infinity Stone that he needs. Oh. And he's there as a zombie waiting for them. Okay. Anyway, I'm I'm getting ahead. So. Thoughts? I, okay. Overall, I really liked this one. I was surprised how, um, I think they did a good job making it gross without making it gross as it's a zombie thing. Um, I, I, yeah, I liked it. I think, I think they shoved in too much humor at points in it where the humor wasn't necessary and they kind of ruined the, they kind of ruined the darker aspects of it. Maybe they did it on purpose trying to be careful. It wasn't too creepy, but I think that they had, like, I remember Robert Kirkman's original Marvel zombies and that got real dark. I'm glad it didn't get that dark, but I just feel like it was a Scott Lang part when his head came out. He just kept making one-liners at over and over. And at one point, I was getting, I was getting really irritated. Like, enough. Like, they're just making too many jokes with him at moments where, like, they should just let it be a little more serious for a while. And he was getting on my nerves. Yeah. Um, I thought Peter was being a little... I know Peter qu- makes cracks jokes a lot, but I still felt like it was just... There's just a little bit too much levity and it were it kind of seems almost inappropriate i mean i like the humor i liked it when happy hogan was like going bang bang or blam blam with the repulsor blaster like i like the humor i just think it was too much and i also thought again it just cut off like i know that they only have so much time for the story i'm glad that they didn't rush it but at the end i was just like again the credits came up i'm like are you kidding like i i want to know what happens next and I can see what you're saying. It's no, but like you can get the idea that this is their new world now, but I would have at least liked to see if they, I don't know if they'd cured people. It was, it was really good overall. That's me being kind of nitpicky. I think the thing that bothered me the most was the, um, was Scott line just started getting a little bit annoying. Um, but I really liked it. Otherwise I liked, um, I really liked it when he hulked out and they never showed him lose. Like, yeah, there's a good chance Hulk could have just destroyed all of those zombies. I like to think the Hulk just saved the world at the end. And that's the un, unwritten, unshown ending is that a Hulk just kept rampaging until there were no zombies left. But that was cool. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit, uh, a, a few more minutes or at least a few more seconds of him fighting Scarlet Witch. Cause that was cool. I liked hope saving them, uh, in the train. Yeah. Uh, I like I, when Falcon died and Bucky wasn't that upset. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I'll say this. It was my favorite of the three episodes. Uh, I rather enjoyed all the humor. I thought this was a, a fun time romp through the zombie universe, but it does suffer from what I think all the episodes at this point have suffered from. It's that it's almost too big of a story for 30 minutes. Yeah. And and uh, again, I'll say that I don't. You know what? Overall, I didn't mind the humor. It was if I had to pick something, it was Scott Lang. He just made one. He just made two or three <laughs> too many jokes. Like it was like just stop. Like he kept making the dad joke. Oh, I did it again. Oh, I did it again. Like yeah, you did do it again. Can you stop? It, yeah, like, but I two, thought he was generally funny at first. I didn't mind. It's just they just someone in in, in the boardroom decided do another Scott Lang joke. This is good. The kids like it. I don't know. Anyway, two two of his were the best though when. The the first of all, the fact that the uh, the cloak is a character just cracks me up. That was good. I like. That. And when it wraps around the tank that's holding his head, and so it's just like his head and a cloak, and he makes a comment about it's like I'm back at prom, 
just means that he wore a cape to his prom, which is funny. And then when they are, when the building blows up or something and he's flying out and he goes, Expelliarmus or, or whatever he says, (laughs) it was very funny. It was uh, no Wingardium Leviosa is what he said, because it's a levitating spell. But I really enjoyed Peter Parker's video on how to survive a zombie apocalypse. That was funny, especially the part with Bucky or no, it was uh, the part with um, Happy Hogan where he's wearing the T-shirt because he's like, don't wear short sleeves. And of course, he's playing this video for Bruce Banner and Bruce Banner spends the rest of the episode still in his short sleeves. So he just he just ignored the video altogether. Nobody offered to give to give him some long sleeves. He just spent it with short sleeves the entire time because he was wearing one of Wong's outfits. Um, what I also found from this episode is that a lot of the ideas that they put in there didn't make a lot of sense. But it, for me, the episode was so much fun that I didn't care. For example, the zombie virus gets out because Hank Pym goes to get Janet in the quantum realm and she is infected. She has been infected by a virus in the quantum realm. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. I have, I've had throat problems. Weird way to come up with a zombie virus, but I thought, well, why not? <laughs> we don't really know where it I, came yeah, from. I like that idea, but in the second Ant-Man movie, the only reason they were able to locate her in the quantum realm was because she was able to communicate through Scott. So if she's infected by a zombie virus. How is she telling them where she is? Yeah. So we either have to assume that they found her using some other means, which if that's the case, they should have told us that. Or we have to assume that because time works differently in the quantum realm after she communicates with Scott and shows them how to find her, then she gets infected. That's, that's all I can assume. Uh, the guy, the videos that I watch, uh, screen crush, he pointed out that when, uh, what's the, what's the big Norse dude's name that sends Idris Alba, the guy who can see everything. It's Why can't funny, I think like, of his name? If if you weren't having trouble remembering, I would remember it. But when other people can't remember stuff, it's like you get infected by them not yeah. remembering it now. But he 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 sends uh, the Hulk or Bruce Banner back to Earth while they're on that ship with the Asgardians, and the fact that he can see everything. Did he not know that there was a zombie outbreak on Earth when he sent him there? Did he not notice that? Or the only way this guy could explain it was it took two weeks for the zombie outbreak to take effect. There's not, nobody has ever said that when what's his name, the Asgardian dude sends somebody through one of those portals that it's instantaneous. Maybe Bruce Banner was traveling for two weeks through space, but I don't buy that either. I don't. So I don't that that was I one of those things that I'm just like, ah, eh, whatever. But I really enjoyed the reveal of Doctor Strange, Wong, and Iron Man as zombies. How they're fighting the two Thanos bad guys, and you don't see them, 
And Bruce Banner's like, yeah, you guys are in trouble now. And then suddenly they start eating them. And he's like, whoa, you guys are maybe going a little overboard there. And then we find that they're zombies. I also really enjoyed Janet or uh, uh, Hope Van Dyne, her use of the ants to devour (laughs) zombies, just strip their skeletons of their flesh. That was really cool. Why didn't she just keep doing that? I, I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. It's like they had to come up with different things to keep it interesting. They just kept doing that throughout the episode. That would be boring. Um, it was also pointed out that in the scene where Spider-Man is trying to create the slingshot for the subway car and he's he's pulling on the webs and he's walking deeper and deeper into the subway tunnel and those zombies creep up on him and almost get him. Evidently, something is wrong with his spider sense. Or uh, oh, yeah. it doesn't work against zombies. I, I don't know. Maybe. Or he just knew they were there, but he didn't have a choice. But he did seem surprised. Yeah, but um, yeah, I really, I, this was one of my favorites. This is uh, probably a, my favorite two of the three. It's, it's my favorite of the three, and it's one of my favorites of the first six so far. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um, even though it was a bit over the top at times and and uh had premises in it that had it not been so fun i i I would have argued against yeah overall i i enjoyed it it just i think that these stories are getting to be too big to finish them in time i agree which is, is is frustrating me a bit yeah yeah that you know it i i find it i i'm actually kind of a little disappointed now that you've mentioned that five of these episodes are going to have sequels in the next season. It's like, I mean, maybe it was a rumor and I was wrong. Well, it's, it's, it's great that we're going to see more of the story, but at the same time, to me, what if is like, it's an anthology series. You get a different story with each episode. It's it's, so, I don't know, but there's, I do want to see Sharon Carter's Avengers. Yeah. I want to see what happens. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. And then, of course, the uh, the vision feeding pieces of T'Challa. I'm surprised they kept that from the comics. That's one of the darkest things from that comic book. And I I will say it's been a while since I've read the comic. And while it was a very dark comic, there was a lot of humorous moments in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. They did something. You know, it's like with the with the show, with this episode, it's like they tried to because in the comic book. They were zombies, but they still knew, you know, they were still uh, sentient enough that they could yeah. speak. They knew what they were doing. They just had different motivations. Their motivation was to was to eat brains and stuff. But they were intelligent. Uh, they knew how to use their superpowers, all that stuff. And it's like they they tried to do that with the show, but they didn't want to go that extra mile. So it's Tony is a zombie and he knows how to use his armor. Doctor Strange knows how to cast all these magical spells, and but yet at the really same talk, time though. they're mindless zombies. Yeah. So maybe they're maybe the way they use their powers is such an instinctive thing at that point that it doesn't matter that they're mindless zombies. It's instinct to them to be able to con- know how to use the armor and do the spells and and all that junk. But yeah. I also, if you noticed, Hawkeye. Uh, was not a very good shot as a zombie. No, he kept missing. Yeah. Oh, and the way Bucky took out Cap, 
that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I really, I, yeah, this was one, this is probably, I don't know if I would put this above, uh, captain, the captain Carter episode, but it's, those two are a close. Yeah. And close I also like Star Wars, my favorite Star Lord one a lot too, still. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Anything else you want to say about this episode? I don't, I don't think so. Looking at the voice cast, um, Scarlet, which was really good. She was, she was very intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. She voice was cast, creepy. Well, everybody came back to voice their various characters, except for Peter Spider-Man was voiced by someone named Hudson Thames or Thames, however you want to pronounce it. And then that Steve Rogers dude. Yeah. But everybody else came back. Which not that he had to sound like cool. Steve Rogers because he just had to uh, yeah. I think. I right. think he talked. Oh, he may have talked when they showed the Avengers first fighting the zombies. Yeah, possibly. Oh, and uh Kurt from the from the Ant Man movies, I really love that he was in this. That the the Russian dude that worked for Scott's yeah, security company. Yeah, he was woken up, man. I love that he, you know, of all the characters for them from the movies to go, okay, we we need one more person to be on the team that survived. How about Kurt from Ant-Man? What, the Russian guy that hacked into the computers? Yeah, let's just use him. All right, we'll use Kurt. I, I really enjoyed that. I liked, I liked his inclusion. Yeah, it wasn't like they just picked all the most popular things the kids would like. Right. right. What would sell the most action figures? And I like that uh, Happy Hogan had a uh, a repulsor thing yeah. in his hand, and he pretended to cock it like a shotgun. <laughs> yes, I didn't get that at first because I didn't realize that was the repulsor. Right? It's like, what is he doing? Why is he doing that? That's weird. All right, uh, episode six from September fifteenth. I just watched this for the first time this morning. What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark in Afghanistan? Tony Stark's military convoy is ambushed by the Ten Rings, but he is saved by Eric Killmonger Stevens. Returning to Stark Industries with Stark, Killmonger exposes Obadiah Stane's involvement in the ambush before helping Stark build a humanoid combat drone using vibranium. Needing more vibranium to create a drone army, they arrange for James Rhodes to purchase it from Ulysses Claw. At Killmonger's behest, Claw leaks word to the transaction. Claw, bleh. Claw leaks word of the transaction to Wakanda to lure to lure in T'Challa. Killmonger kills T'Challa and Rhodes, staging it to look as if they killed each other. Stark confronts Killmonger using the drone, but Killmonger defeats it and kills Stark, making it look like a Wakandan attack. Killmonger then kills Claw before reuniting with his estranged family in Wakanda. Thaddeus Ross sends the complicated, sends the, good Lord. Thaddeus Ross sends the completed drone army to attack Wakanda to avenge Rhodes and Stark, but Killmonger leads the Wakandans to victory. Afterwards, Killmonger consumes the heart-shaped herb and becomes the new Black Panther. As the United States prepares to eradicate Wakanda, T'Challa's sister Shuri visits Stark's assistant Pepper Potts who was suspicious of Killmonger. Hoping to avoid further conflict, Shuri proposes to reveal Killmonger's deceit 
to the world. Thoughts? And I feel like they never really explained how Shuri found that information. She just shows up in Pepper Potts' office. Because she's a genius. Because the thing. It's like, it's like it's magic. We don't have to explain it. This is in my this least case, favorite episode. Yeah, of all of them or just of this yes, block? all of them. Really? I don't like Killmonger. I never liked that character anyway. Um, I'll even go as far as to say I didn't care for Black Panther movie as much as most people did, but I didn't, I just didn't like that character. Um, but I just, I didn't hate it. It's just, it's, it's, it's my least favorite. It just seemed like, hey, well, now he's putting these guys against these guys and these guys against these guys. And it was just all this long thing for him to get revenge. Yeah. I don't know. And then the ending, even my son, he was more bothered by this ending than, than the zombie one. I'm just, that was very anticlimactic. Um, now we'll find out what happens next time. But I, I just, I didn't, I didn't really like it. I, I guess maybe I didn't remember what his motivations were anyway. But yeah, well, I, I didn't like this one. This one uh, wasn't my least favorite of the three. However, at the same time, I feel like this is one that they came up with the title before they had any ideas for the episode. And it's like, like, all right, we need another episode. Throw out some yeah. what ifs. What if Killmonger? Yeah. I now I personally I like the hat and put in some names. <laughs> uh, we got Killmonger and Tony Stark. Okay, how do we put those two together? Yes, that's how yeah. I felt. I uh, I like Killmonger. I like the character. I liked. I liked Black Panther up to the point where they started fighting while they were falling. I've always hated that that trope. It's like, we're falling to the death, but we hate each other so much, we're going to continue punching yeah. each other as we plummet. And, and I, I didn't hate that movie. I, I enjoyed it. I just didn't love it as much as most, as, much as most people I, I know loved yeah. it. I should rephrase that. And I didn't hate Killmonger. It was, was kind of, eh. I guess it was, it was, that's how I felt about it. Like, I just didn't feel like, I don't know what it is. Hard, I don't know. I'm not sure why, but um, I think I like, my, no, go ahead. No, I just think that my, my kind of lukewarm feeling about black Panther carried over into this episode. I don't know how much of that was colored by that, um, yeah. by, by my preexisting um, opinion of, of that movie. I don't know if that made sense, but anyway, this, this episode, is based on a movie I didn't like, so maybe I maybe I just decided not to like it at first, and I had well, kind of like. That's a valid point. That's a fair point. You know, if if it's based off of a movie and characters that haven't really done anything for you, it's going to be hard to get into an episode like that. Yeah. Well, based, you know what, my expectations were pretty low because I I had heard the title for that one before. I liked it more than I expected to. I'll put it that way because I thought I was really not going to like it. Like there were enjoyable parts of it. It just, it just seemed random. It just, it's just kind of. It, like, it did. It seemed really convoluted. It's like they tried to fit. This might have been really good if it was a two-hour movie, because they had a lot. They really had to pack a lot in there for that first thirty minutes, and because of that, so much happens so fast. Like, well, for example. He literally goes from saving Tony Stark to killing Tony Stark to, well, saves Tony Stark, kills T'Challa, kills Tony Stark, goes to Wakanda, saves Wakanda, and then suddenly he's the new Black Panther. And that just happened way too fast. And you have to to watch an episode like that knowing that, all right, 
there's so much more happening between these scenes. Obviously, it's the T'Challa's father isn't going to just suddenly go, "Oh, you know what? You just showed up. Granted, you helped us fight these guys, but you've only been here for an hour. I'm going to make you. Exactly. Uh, to, I'm going to make you the Black Panther anyway. Granted, yeah. he is the he is the guy's nephew, but at the same time, this is the same. Killmonger is the same guy that T'Challa's father, T'Chaka, is that his name? He's known about this dude. He's known that he, he, he knew he was out there and he hid that fact from everybody in Wakanda. He admits it, admits it in this episode. And yet once he, once he arrives, he's like, Hey, here's my nephew that I just never told anybody about because of some shadowy reason. But now that he's here, you're like my new son. You just it just happened yeah. way too quickly. Worst. And uh I don't know. I I've always liked Killmonger. I've li- I like Killmonger so much that with knowing now that uh with of course Chadwick Boseman, Boseman passing away I I wish that Killmonger's character could have had a much different arc in that first movie. So that by the end of it, he didn't die and was maybe redeemed in some fashion. So he could be the new Black Panther in the in the in the new movie. Um, However, I I, the rumor is that Shuri is going to be the new Black Panther. And I find that very interesting. But here's what I didn't like about the movie. I'm just going to say this. When I saw that it was what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? My first thought was, oh, this might be really interesting. Let's see what they do with this. And then it felt like they just took a big poop on it because yeah. there was just way too much, way too much story for such little time. There was way too much happened. Yeah. I, I felt like I was having trouble following what was going on. And normally I don't really have trouble with that. I feel like I really like when black Panther showed up and beat the crap out of all those people until Killmonger came along and used his Sonic thing. But um, yeah. and it was nice hearing Chad, Chadwick Boseman, is that how you say, how you say yep. his name? Yep. It was nice to hear his voice again, too. I almost wish when uh, Killmonger took that herb and went into that like spirit realm that they just were like, eh, you're stuck here now. Like If they had some <laughs> power to just keep him there and he's in a coma now and they, they saved the day. It's but, like, what up, cousin? You killed me. You're staying here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was... Um, who, who does Pepper Potts' voice in the, sh- in the movie? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. I I thought I had read that she came back for this. So when she first started talking, like, man, she's phoning it in because she just kind of sounded like everything she said just kind of sounded boring. And I think I figured out by the end of that episode, I think it was someone trying really hard to sound like Pepper Potts. And I think that Pepper kind of would sound disgusted with Tony and kind of would talk like she's frustrated with them. But she did it with like a lot more charisma. And I don't think this, I think whoever was doing this part was trying to act disgusted with Tony and act frustrated, but was, didn't know how to do it. Cause I just feel like the whole time she just kind of sounded like she was just talking, like she was just, yeah, I don't was... know, like ha- hashtag you're doing the wrong thing. Like I'm just a high school teenager that just hasn't has about one voice and one tone. I'm going to talk like this the whole time. Like what? Uh, anyway. There was someone by the name of Beth Hoyt. Okay. Well, Beth Hoyt, um, Maybe you're a wonderful actress, but I didn't like you in this at all. She she just she was too monotone. I think I'm over describing it. She was too monotone. 
And everybody they, else, everybody else came back to voice their characters except for Jeff Bridges, Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. and then Letitia Wright, who is Shuri. And Tony Stark, the guy that does Tony Stark, yes. voice, though, I think he does a really good job. He does and he doesn't. There are moments when it's like, okay, that's Tony. And then there are moments when I'm like, that's kind of Jack Black. I don't. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know what it is. But Maybe he's trying too hard. That's weird. He is not listed in the credits on this website at all. Who? The, the guy who played Tony. Honest. It's like they just left him out, even though the title of the episode is What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark? It's like, oh yeah, we left one of the main characters off of our list of credits. I didn't realize this is the last episode of this season. Is it? I thought yep. there were nine episodes. I hope you're right. I, I look, Maybe what I looked up meant how many there are so far. Nope, number yeah. of episodes six. But maybe, yeah, maybe it means how many so far. I hope that there's more. Yeah, because no, I... Right. Yeah, because I, I originally read that there were going to be there were going to be ten. It's nine. Okay, I'm glad you're right. And then something happened, and they weren't able to do that tenth episode, so it's going to be nine. But uh, yeah, even freaking I know Paul Bettany was was a uh, Vision in the zombie episode, but he also did the voice of Jarvis in this episode, and it's very. Much in the, you barely hear Jarvis. It's like one little moment in the background. Yeah. It was funny. Harrison said, Jarvis sounds like Vision. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, usually he has to correct me when I'm wrong about Marvel yeah. stuff, but it's one time, like, hey, buddy, that's the same person, remember? Same guy, man. Same guy. I was told I look like Paul Bettany. Oh, yeah. I see it. I was also told I look like Tim Curry, and that didn't make me happy, but oh well. You can't win them all. I've been told that I look like a, big stupid idiot but that's I, not very nice I, i've i've I, I told my wife to stop saying that and she <laughs> promised she would <laughs> joking again everybody knows that you know she's my right wife and you. i love each other oh, she, <laughs> she did that uh i was recording an episode i ended up using it as a as a like a blooper thing at the end but i'm sitting here recording i'm talking and I sent something right next to me, and I turn, and her face is like right there next to mine. And I went, ah! And I, Were I you said, genuinely scared and surprised? It scared me. I told her she's lucky she didn't get shanked. <laughs> Don't come creeping up on me like that. I'd have cut you. But uh, I keep saying, but uh, this was, yeah, this was not. I sure think. Uh, what? You sure this was was not your least favorite? You know what? I shouldn't. I feel like, you know, it's like, I feel like the way I'm talking about it, it sounds like it should be my least favorite of the three. But, I mean, I stopped paying attention to a lot of the Doctor Strange episode. It just, it just wasn't doing anything for me. It just That's wasn't holding my Strange. interest at all. And when I find that I'm looking at my phone and I have to rewind 10 minutes of the show because I've stopped paying attention. Really? That's not, that's not a good sign. Okay. I think that's really the only reason I've chosen the Dr. Strange episode is the one I liked least out of the three. I have the most issues with this Killmonger episode. And again, I think it's just mainly for me, it's just, they tried to fit too much. Yeah. That's in, a good way to put it in that one episode. I mean, 
I get it. But again, I think they came up with the concept first and they said, okay, well, we got to figure out, you know, he rescues him. Okay. So what does that mean for the future of Iron Man? And what does that mean for the future of Black Panther? And so it's like they had to tell two different they had to retell the Iron Man origin story, which is there is no Iron Man. Instead, it's some drones. And they had to retell the Black Panther origin, which is Black Panther. For some reason in this version, he uh, T'Challa becomes the Black Panther much earlier because this is supposed to be set around the time of the first oh, yeah. and second Iron Man movies. I mean, Shuri is is a little kid, and yet he's already black panther and he only becomes black panther well actually i don't know that well yeah because he doesn't get the the uh the magic juice until after his dad dies in the first movie or in the in the black panther movie so yeah i don't know i don't know just way too much for me way too much i'm i'm enjoying the show overall a lot i am too I am too. I, I, you know, I, I look forward to it each week, not as much as I was looking forward to like WandaVision and Falcon and winter soldier. But, um, I, I, for example, this, ep- this last episode, I didn't watch it on Wednesday. I didn't watch it until yesterday or this morning. Yeah. I watched so, it yesterday. So in general, we should, we could say that, uh, we're fairly pleased with the show in general. Some of the episodes have disappointed and confused us. Yeah. I'll just say over and over, though, I'm really impressed by the acting and the animation and just the quality of it. It just doesn't seem like at first I'm like, oh, they're going to make an animated series. OK, I mean, I can I get it. It would be probably incredibly expensive to make it live action. And to bring all yeah. those people back. But Well, you know, when you, you, you can't help but do some kind of comparison with the DC Universe direct to DVD animated movies, which. For me, some of the animation has been great, and some yeah. of it has just been horrible. Yeah, and I think, you know, I feel like Batman especially just does not look good in the last few of them. And I no. think some of the people on their animation team have even said as much that they're just not, uh, he's not, he doesn't look as cool as he used to be. And they keep changing the voice actors on him. Yeah, Some of them don't fit him very well. No, sometimes they get it right, and sometimes they don't. Did yeah. you watch the uh, Dark Knight Returns? Yes. That guy, the RoboCop dude, was perfect, I thought. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I didn't expect to like that one as much as I did. My favorite animated Batman is uh, Under the Red Hood. You know, I don't know if I've watched that whole thing. I need to watch it's, it. I, it's great. I, I tried to watch Gotham by Gaslight the other night, and I just couldn't get that far into it. I haven't seen that one. It's, I love that. That was like the first uh, Elseworlds, right? Heck yeah. I mean, it's Mike Magnolia, and it doesn't look like Mike Magnolia in the... Yeah. In the I, when I found out they were doing an animated version, I thought, oh my gosh, could you imagine Mike Magnolia's artwork animated? Oh, so nice. And sometimes they do a good but, job of, of, of like, yeah. so like the Hellboy movies. Don't they try to make that look like his artwork? Slightly, yeah. But, I figure what well, Gotham by Gaslight looks like. I mean, I remember what the art looks like. I'm, I, I I'm going to get the trailer up because I want to see what the yeah what it looked like. I'm sure it looked like not like how it should. Uh, that's not too bad. It's not. I mean, here's the thing with those movies. The when you're just looking, are you just looking at stills? 
No, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm putting. Okay, I'm so you're actually watching that. Right. Eh, that's not Mike Mignola, though. No, not at all. And I'll give I maybe I'll give Red Hood a, a try today since it's Batman Day. Oh no, that is a, you're right. That's not great. No, that's not great. I mean, it's not bad animation, but compared to the original stuff. <sighs> I just feel like with a lot of their animated movies, they're using the same studio. Yeah. Whether or not the art style changes, the the actual animation process is done by the same studio every time. And there are certain things that they do, and there are certain thing ways that they make like vehicles move and stuff that just doesn't seem right. Yes. And they it just keeps that that off-putting animation for me when it like a freaking airplane flying across the sky or a car driving along the road. It's just, it's repeated angle and it looks. Yeah, exactly. It's the wrong angle. And because of the angle, it's moving the wrong direction, almost away from the camera and it doesn't work. And they just keep repeating those mistakes every, or they use computer animation, which looks better. Like, angle wise like it looks more realistic but it also doesn't seem to fit in very well with the animation and this animation is too bright and colorful and right yeah it doesn't fit into the the, this is jack the ripper and dark dirty back streets of london and then you get this bright colorful cel-shaded look that's what i and here's the thing about mike magnolia when he's well i can never pronounce his name correctly when he's at his peak when he's really doing it right the colors that you see, like in a Hellboy book, are really bright, but there's so much black that it almost yeah. dull. It's just, it's so, yes. it's gorgeous. And, and this, and I'm looking at this, all the lines are the same yep. width. And yeah, there's no shadow and everything's kind of blocky. It kind of has that Batman the animated series look almost and just doesn't, it doesn't fit. Anyway. And, well, and there's this new Justice Society. Um, they did a Justice Society movie, which I don't think has come to HBO Max yet. Did it come and they out? Would, I think it's been released, but it hasn't come to HBO Max yet. But they they would show the stills, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this looks gorgeous!" But then this I watched the, the trailer, and it the animation just didn't do anything for me. How did I not know about this? I don't know, dude. Is it out now? I think. It is. How would I not know about this? I just don't know. You know, so, the artwork reminds me of the guy who does Invincible, uh, the Invincible comic. Yeah. The artwork looks great, and the still images from the thing looks great, but I just remember watching the trailer going, yeah, but the the animation just didn't do anything for me. Maybe I need to give it another try. Oh, the way you, so you mean like the way it's moving? Like if you froze a frame, yeah. like, oh, that looks good, but the way it's actually moving. Yeah, I can right. see that. Right. Yeah. This. So let's, let's switch back to Marvel real quick. Um, have <laughs> yeah, you watched. Listening to our <laughs> Justice well, Society Batman by the Gaslight episode. If anybody has listened to any of the episodes that you've ever been on, they should be used to this by now. We spend the first part of the episode talking about what we're supposed to talk about. Ooh, and then we, then we, yeah, then, then we spend the back half talking, you know, once we're done with the main topic, we talk about other stuff. Have you watched the trailer to the new Hawkeye show yet? No, I haven't. And part of me wants to not watch it so that I can really, really be surprised by 
uh, whatever I see, but I feel like I need to watch it, especially the Captain America Broadway show. <laughs> There's one quick moment from that, and it's just Captain America or Steve Rogers holding the shield on stage with yeah, other Marvel Universe characters, and he does a twirl. It looks so good. <laughs> oh. And it looks like they didn't have a great budget for this production. Right. Either. I think it's supposed to be making fun of that Spider-Man Broadway movie that or that Broadway play that Spider-Man one that they tried to do that. And did you know that there was in production a Captain America musical? Yeah. Years ago, I have a comic book with the ad and they yeah. actually were you could win a part <laughs> on it. And Captain America's got a, uh, a hat. And he's like kind of doing like dance on the stage for the advertisement. And kind of glad just, that never happened. I don't get that kind of thing because. When I read comic books, the first thing I'm not thinking is, man, if they would just put this to music, <laughs> if if Cap would oh, just break out song in song, yeah, it's like I, I love when Spider-Man and the Green Goblin fight, but man, if they would just do it to a tune and dance, if they would dance fight, that would be even better. It's the only thing keeping this dance in the third movie a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, then that was pretty sweet. But, uh, yeah, the, I don't think the, the trailer for Hawkeye gives you too much about, about the show. Did you ever read the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run? No, I've read a couple of times where, like, people on Reddit would post, like, a really funny page. Um, it looked good. I never read it. Is it based on that? It, it looks, there, it, there looks to be a lot of stuff in the trailer that they have pulled from that run. Now I say that I'm only, I'm just reading it now. I'm up to maybe issue six. I might be on issue seven. Um, I think there are 22 issues in total in that run. And I don't know how many issues David aha actually does. I know that when anybody ever talks about that run, they say the Matt, the Matt fraction, David aha run, but Six issues in, he's only done three of the issues. Seven oh. issues in, maybe. He's only done three of the issues. So he must come back, go off and on a lot. But uh, So I ha would have to assume that of all the artists on that run, he does more than the other artists. But he does the first three. And uh, it's, a it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun, it's a, it's a fun uh, 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 book so far. And, the, you know... I had a uh, I had mentioned online that when the Wheel of Time series starts up in November that I'm I was looking I'm looking forward to that so much that when that starts back up in November the just another fanboy is going to go back to two episodes a week cuz I'll do one episode about that week's episode of Wheel of Time and then I'll just do a regular episode about comic books or whatever. And then I watch the freaking Hawkeye trailer, which also comes out in November. And now I'm like, oh, my God, do I have to do three episodes a week now? Because Hawkeye looks so good. Yeah. Hawkeye looks so good that I think if the series, if the show ends up being as good as the trailer, it's going to be my favorite of the, of the series so far. Because it looks so good. And it's set at Christmas time, which is funny because a lot of people think it's because it's set in, in New York during Christmas and the trailer has a Christmas song playing during it. There's been a lot of people online that are saying, well, it's, it's really influenced by Die Hard. 
No, not at all. He's not trapped in a building. The entire show is not him fighting terrorists in a building. It's just a set during Christmas in New York. Guess what? A lot of movies are set during Christmas in New York. Home Alone 3. Was it the third one? Home Alone 2. Is that 2? Yeah, he's in New York. Oh. That was based off of Die Hard, though. I think Die Hard was based off the Home Alone movies, frankly. No, because Die Hard was good. Die Hard's awesome. Uh-huh. Die Hard's one of those movies that it's like, I can't wait till my kids are old enough to watch it. And now that they're old enough to watch it, I don't want them to watch it because I know they're going to hate it. Cause, yeah. Because it's old. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this might... Uh, you know, nowadays, watch- kids... Kids nowadays would watch it and they'd be like, well, why doesn't he just use his phone to call the police? Yeah. Why don't he need to just text somebody? Yeah. Let's get on yeah. FaceTime. Why didn't he just tweet about it? Yeah, but then the bad guys would see him tweeting and know where yeah. he was. Exactly. It's like we're following his movements through the building because of his Instagram posts. That would be a great diehard movie. What it- Your son has left the room. He has left the room. Probably has to go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> He's playing video games. For those listening at home, Harold's son is in the background playing video games. He has Smite. left the room. That was your Harrison Minute. Oh, <laughs> just another fanboy. Yay. I'm sorry See? if I'm starting to clap. I'm not. I'm getting. I have had a headache all yeah. day. So if I look like I'm a little bit pained, it's not you. It's not entirely you. It's usually me. Partially. I can admit that. I'm also getting kind of warm, and I do have I do have, I have something on underneath this, so don't get freaked oh out. <laughs> All there, right. So have t-shirt. <laughs> no. <laughs> that kind of show. Well, you see this? See this t-shirt? Yeah. For those at home, this will be a wonderful segment. There's nothing on it. There's just little flecks of of stuff. This was Andrew. a just another fanboy t-shirt that I made through one company, one of those t-shirt companies, bought it. Yeah. The t-shirt itself is awesome. It's a Hanes beefy tee. Washed it once and half of the graphic came off. Half of the graphic, first wash, just off. And so I'm like, okay, well, obviously I need to switch companies. Now, I know that there's somebody out there, New Mutant, who bought the same T-shirt, and he's never had that issue from that from that same company before I switched. Maybe so. you got a bad one. Yeah, still. Well, when we went to the, um, Ocean City, New Jersey, for a uh, vacation, I wanted an Ocean City T-shirt. I had I don't think I'd gotten one yet. I wanted a souvenir because we'd go there um, like every other year, and we they had a lot of T-shirts on sale. So I got one for like eight dollars and. You know, first wash, it's like every piece of it's peeling off. And yeah, yeah exactly. I should have known that's what. But no, someone else got one. I think it was okay. But yeah, at yeah. least only half of yours. My whole thing doesn't look great. Well, it, it's it's taken a couple of washes, but I have a, a, a different one. I have my Be Nice to Each Other t-shirt, which did the same thing. And it's just completely blank now. There's nothing on it. It's just a black t-shirt. At this Why do you point. have a t-shirt that says that? Because that's what I say at the end of every episode. Be nice to each other. But you don't do it. Shut up. See? Hey, you know what my beard does that yours doesn't? The one one thing I have that you don't? 
What's that? I have like this line now, like this dark yeah. line. Like it's, I used to have one patch of white. Now, like I have white on both sides. I just noticed this recently. I just like this line of right down the center. Yeah. I, I like kind of think it's cool. Like a reverse skunk. It is sort of. It's pretty sweet. I don't think I've ever seen anyone with something like that in their beard. So yeah. I got to have something. So that's it. You should, uh, you should get that stuff that washes the gray out of your hair and just wash, just do it. You just use that, that one strip to keep it dark at all times. Okay. For those at home, uh, Harrison is back. Harrison is back. We're giving an update to the listeners about when you come in and go away. This is going to be his favorite episode. He said, oh, hi. You know, he's actually handling it. All right. What are you playing? You still playing smite? What are you playing? He's playing overwatch. He's getting into overwatch. Again. What's overwatch. It's a, how do you, how do you describe overwatch? It's a class based shoot, uh, competitive shooter first-person shooter you have all these different characters with different abilities but it's a first-person shooter and you gotta shoot them up yeah but you like you work with a team and you keep like a a specific part of the map uh safe from the other team and they got to try to get in and take it over and you just win matches and after every game you have a chance to i forget i think you accumulate points where like you get to open these boxes that you can get a different like skin for your character gross You just what said a, it's like Valorant, but I don't know what Valorant is because I haven't played yeah. that game yet. Or my young listeners will understand. I don't have any young listeners. You might. I might. You don't know who all of your listeners will do you? You might know who all your listeners are. Yeah, I don't know. What uh, is, what platform is he playing it on? He's playing on PC. PC? He's been on PC for a while now. Old school. You've never really had a console, have you? You've always been PC. Unless you played on one of my older systems, mainly, yeah, we just, right now we're playing Seven Days to Die. It's a survival game where you survive in the wilderness, but there's also zombies. And every seven days, um, a gigantic horde comes out at night. Um, I mean, there's zombies other times, but this huge horde comes out, and you need to prepare for when that happens. So we had this base. We I watched a YouTube video on, like, a good one to build, but we have this base where, like, we made a, like you, you can see through the like we have a second floor, but the ground's made up of like bars, so you can look through it and see the zombies coming in. You can shoot at them through the floor and stay safe fun. above them. Anyway, it's a fun game. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not at all a gamer uh, because I think I would lose myself in video games, and my family yeah, would fine. never see me again. Yep. So I stay away from them. Yep. There was a time I had, I had a roommate who back when I think it was the original PlayStation uh, back then, that's how long ago this was, who had um, Resident Evil, and I played that all the time. That game was creepy. The controls did not age well because it was like a tank. You'd move forward and you'd have to, I didn't, yeah, the controls were very... The zombies would always go, that's the sounds they make. It's such a small amount of ammo. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so uh, go ahead. I'm going to ask you this after the show because it's it's another rabbit trail. Okay, so these three episodes of What If, compared to the first three episodes of What If, which is your favorite chunk? First three. First three. Now, one of the jokes we made in the last episode was that for us, episode number one was awesome. Episode number two was a little bit worse. And episode three was even a little bit worse. 
And we were worried that as the show progressed, each yeah. episode would get worse and worse and worse. I'm not finding that myself. Nope. That's good. Nope. That's good. And I think one and two were pretty close in quality myself. I think I like them for different reasons. Hey, folks, please excuse the interruption, but I was sitting here on one of eastern Kansas's many beautiful beaches listening back to this episode on cassette tape, which is all part of my episode post-production routine. And first, I just want to say, for those of you who are still with us, still hanging on, then kudos to you. Because, yeah, it feels like we stopped talking about what if several hours ago. So, again big props to you. But here's the thing. As I was listening along, I realized that there's about to be something that Harold is going to react to that you, the listener, well, you just can't see it. So when he reacts in the way that he reacts, you're going to be left out of the moment. And so you should know that what happens here is that I show Harold an old toy of mine, a 15-inch tall plastic Chewbacca from the late 70s and made by Kenner, which would, of course, be pretty sweet, but this one happens to be missing both of his arms. So again, please forgive the interruption, but I felt you needed the information. So now I'm going to go back to chilling on this beach as I get this tape started back up so that you can hear the reaction of my Chewbacca reveal. Enjoy. I have that! (laughs) With the arms. Yeah, my, my parents dropped off a box of my stuff the other day and in it this wasn't even mine it was my older brother's oh but it's the old how, how tall would you think that that's Baca, he's like seven inches no it's got to be more than seven inches like a foot. he's 12 yeah 12 inch plastic chewbacca he had a he had the had arms at one point and the gun oh yeah crossbow. crossbow was awesome it's funny how all our toys are just missing stuff yeah i had um there was a show called The Bionic Man or The Six Million Dollar Man. Yes! There was one episode with the Bigfoot. Bigfoot! And he had... I had the toy. And with there's the a chest. Square. You had that too? Heck yeah! That's where my there big... No- you know, we grew up in that time where Bigfoot was kind of a thing. Oh, he was a thing. I, there was a, a show called oh, In Search Of? Yeah. Or was it... Was it, was it um, There's two shows. In Search Of... And there's a different one. Maybe that's the same show, but there's one about Bigfoot. And that one scene where they, they had this grainy black and white scene going over this just barren, and there's this rock. And as you go past the rock, suddenly the rock gets up and moves, and yeah. that scared the crap out of me. Oh, man. I was so into Bigfoot. There would be, it felt like every six months or something, there'd be some special on TV yeah, that yeah. was like the search for Bigfoot. And I had to watch it. But then I would have nightmares yeah. because of it. It's like I wanted Bigfoot. I just knew he was real, but it terrified me at the same time. Yeah, I was scared to look. I was just scared to look around outside after all, because I was scared a rock would stand up and move after that. After seeing that, yeah. Um, but yeah, that I had that toy, and there was actually a Bionic Man toy where it was another version of him, but you could take off the face and change faces, oh, yeah. and he had like this claw arm, and you could yep. switch it with other arms and. Toys were better back then, I feel like. Yeah, I don't think I had that toy. I remember it distinctly. I don't think I had it. I think we had the one where you could look through his bionic eye. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And like there's a thing. I think you think you push something on his. No, you could roll his sleeve up 
he had like this fake skin. Yeah. Rolled up and see like yep. the, and you could, I think you could pull the. Oh wow, memories false. See, I I was back. lucky enough to have an older brother and a younger brother, so there was a lot of toys around my house because of that. That's good. And we were only a couple of years apart, so uh, the Star Wars phase was me and my older brother. And then by the time G.I. Joe came around, my older brother was out of toys, but my little brother was getting into toys, and I was still into toys at that point. So G.I. Joe was a thing for the two of us. You guys didn't then, get into Transformers? We did, but it's didn't have a lot of Transformers. I thought Transformers were totally cool, but it's... They were one of my favorite. I, yeah. no, those toys were cool. I, I didn't have many. I had, I had Soundwave. Soundwave, Soundwave. Soundwave, he's the tape deck, right? What? The tape deck, Soundwave, he was the tape deck, right? Yeah. Did you ever read the Transformers More Than Meets the Eye comic? No. I think I sent you some some DRM free. I think I bought you a bundle for like a dollar. Yeah, maybe. Those couple of volumes. You you would, do you like Justice League uh, International? Yeah. You have to read this. I know it's Transformers. Right, it doesn't look for it. It's one of the best. Con- I, I started reading it again. And it's just as good reading it again the second time. Is that for, is that IDW or? Yes. James Roberts is the writer. He came okay. out of nowhere. He was a fan. He just wrote fan fiction and they hired him. I don't know what the whole story is, huh. but he's, he's, he's so good. It's so funny too. It's such a funny comic. Anyway. It's, it's on. Do you have comiXology unlimited? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's on there. It's all on. All right. You don't need to buy it. I'll okay. look for it. Right it. now, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna try to. <clears throat> right now, I'm reading that Hawkeye run. I want to try to read the full Hawkeye run before the show starts. I'll drop everything and read. Um, <laughs> I'll check it out. Let me. I'll tell you what. Let me go to Comicsology right now. Keep bothering you, and you can ignore me. No, I'm not I'll logged in. Right. I don't want to. Yeah, it's a. I don't want to log in. More than meets the eye. More. Yeah. Than meets just the just eye. make sure James Roberts is the writer. Okay. Start with the death of Optimus Prime. That's a special that sets up two different Transformers series. But read Death of Optimus Prime. Let's see. He's on his phone right now. For all you listeners, he's got three cameras on his phone, or maybe it's one, two cameras and one flash. It's fancy. He's got one of those handles. That you hold your phone with. If you're too lazy to actually hold a phone, it helps you hold your phone. It's a pop socket. Pop socket, dumbest thing in the world that everyone buys. No, I love it. I if I, I've tried other, you know, I try to hold it oh, without hold the pop phone. socket anymore, and I feel yeah. feel like I'm going to drop it. But wow, really? Yep. <sighs> we recently upgraded all of our phones, so it does look fancy. What kind of phone is that? It's a twelve. It's an iPhone? Yeah. Oh. So it's going to go obsolete in about five minutes, and you got to buy another one. Got it. Well, it already is. See? The, because they just they just announced a new 13. See? Well, I hope you enjoy it anyway, and I'm going to stop being so cynical. I do. I mean, I had an iPhone 8 Plus, which uh, I really enjoyed. There we go. Transformers more than meets the eye. Volume one, James Roberts. Yep, and watch, uh, watch, read Death Marvel. of Optimus Prime right before that. Okay, Death of Optimus like 
picture of the toy on the front cover. Prime. Let's see what comes up here. There you go. Series. Okay. See if it'll let me borrow anything. I don't think I'm worry about reading everything before that because that's kind of like a something happens, but they catch you up on it. James Roberts actually wrote a little bit of the stuff before that, but I just you don't need it. It's just so good. All right. I feel like I'm raising your expectations so high, it'll never be met. But I feel I feel at this point that this comic is going to literally change my life. I wish he wrote. I wish that they would hire him to write Justice League. I don't know what he's writing right now. I think he's no, I do. I saw him. I saw what he was writing. And I didn't recognize it. It might be based on like a TV show or a kids. Show. I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up. But anyway, don't keep me. From... Did, are you well, still I'm, recording? I, I've, yeah, I'm still recording. I've borrowed right, it. Buddy. Thanks for sticking in. Thanks for hanging in with us. <laughs> if you're still here. Then good on you. I can't think of anything clever to say at this point, which usually no, means it's probably awesome. time to wrap it up. Probably. Then we'll think of something to say right before you wrap up that we forgot about. Probably not. There you go, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Harold and I had a ball. Hopefully he can come back one more time when I talk about episodes seven, eight, and nine and wrap up this whole what if trifecta trilogy of episodes thing hey remember if you feel inclined to throw a little support my way you can join my patreon at patreon.com slash steven for just a dollar a month or you can just get out there and tell all your friends about the show word of mouth is huge when it comes to podcasts i mean i can tweet and post and do everything i can do all across social media to try to get the show in front of people, but nothing brings the people to a show like word of mouth. Spread the word, Thunderbird. Let your voice be heard. Tell them about the nerd that is most preferred. But until then, join me back here next week where you might hear me say, I mean, sure, I like pickles and everything, but I wouldn't bake them in a cake. Until such time, I'm Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.